This is the Grind It Podcast. We know just like grinding a handrail or across the coping can be challenging at times, so can life be. We share God's Word and personal stories to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're going to finish up Matthew chapter 19. And we learned in the last podcast at the beginning of Matthew chapter 19 that people look at Matthew 19 as uh, what Jesus has to say about divorce and remarriage. But what what's really at uh, the, the, the bottom line that's going on in Matthew chapter 19 is the heart of man. And in particular, the heart of the Pharisees. They're trying to trap Jesus. That's what they were always trying to do. And Jesus was constantly taking it a step further. When they would ask a question, he would answer their question and then he would go a step further and, and he would expose the hearts of the Pharisees. And so as we we go through Matthew chapter 19, we finish up today, we're going to continue to see that what is it the heart of the matter, if you will, is the heart of man. And, and, and even the disciples are going to be included here because they, they were just uh, talking with Jesus and Jesus had just put a child in their midst and said that we, you must be like this child. And we talked about humility and that's what he was referring to. And something happens with uh, parents and children in Matthew chapter 19 where the disciples try to keep these parents w- who wanted to bring their child or children to Jesus for him to lay his hand on them and pray for them. And so I, I, I have a question as we start today's podcast. And that question is this, who can come to Jesus? Who can come to Jesus? And the obvious answer is anybody Because the Bible makes it clear. There's several verses over and over again that says, Whosoever will, let them come. That's bottom line. It doesn't matter what we've done in life, where we're at in life, where we're at on the social ladder, if we got money, if we don't have money, rich, poor, what color or skin we are, it does not matter. Anybody can come to Jesus and be saved. Anybody can come before the throne of God and ask for Jesus to be their Lord and Savior and be washed in the blood of Jesus, be filled with the Holy Spirit, and start their walk with Jesus and go to heaven. Anybody, no matter what they've done, where they've been, and God gives them a clean slate. And this includes the Pharisees that were constantly sparring with Jesus. And some of the Pharisees did actually follow Jesus. They were disciples who came to Jesus by night, like Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, who actually took the body of Jesus off the cross after he died. But people from all walks of life came to Jesus by the groves. That's why we see these crowds, just crowd after crowd after crowd of all walks of life. Poor people, rich people, sick people, demon-possessed people, blind people, mute people. Yes, even dead people who were brought to Jesus by their friends or their relatives, they came to Jesus and Jesus would take time to meet their needs if they asked. And in Matthew chapter 19, some moms and dads, they they bring their children to Jesus to be blessed by him. 
They wanted Jesus to, as I said a while ago, to lay his hands on them and pray for them, to bless their children. I mean, this, this would be so awesome. And I do this for my kids on a daily basis. I ask God to bless them. I ask certain things pertaining to each child because I know my children's personalities. I, know, I, I pretty much know what's going on in their lives. And I always ask God to put a hedge of protection around my children like he did for Job in the book of Job. And this is a great thing that these parents are doing for their children. But the disciples, they, they see it as a nuisance. And this kind of shocks me. Because the disciples are upset and they're trying to keep these parents from bringing their children to Jesus. And it kind of blows my mind. They, they didn't think it was a good thing for these parents to be bringing their children to Jesus. They, they saw it as a nuisance. They were bothering Jesus, if you will. And they actually try to prevent them from getting to Jesus. And that, that just really shocks me. Especially after Jesus just told them a couple of chapters ago, don't don't keep the children from coming to me. And he says, you, if you want to go to be in the kingdom of heaven, you got to become like this little child, which he's talking about humility. And now here the disciples are keeping trying to keep children from coming to Jesus. Um, and so in verse 14, Jesus says, let the children come to me. Don't stop them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. And he placed his hands on their heads and he blessed them before he left. Now, I'm not going to rehash everything that we've covered, but he is Jesus is basically telling the disciples and us today that the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like those children who are humble and don't stop humble people from coming to Jesus, especially children. So, Matthew's going to turn his attention to a man uh, who comes up to Jesus and he has this awesome question that we all should ask. And the question is this, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And, and here's basically what the man is asking. I'm just going to reword it. Here's basically what he is saying to Jesus. What good deed can I do to get me into the kingdom of heaven and spend eternity with you? That's a great question. But see, this is what Judaism teaches, which is the Jews' religion it, it, it's all based on doing. It's all based on working. If I work hard enough and do the right things, God's going to be pleased with me and I'll make it in. And, and we see this even in churches today. We, we see this with Christian people, people who follow Jesus today. They, they have this legalistic uh, mentality that they've got to work to be saved. And that's not right. We're, we're saved by grace through faith. But yes, James does say that we are saved by our works. Because he says, he says uh, show me your faith without works. I can't remember exactly how he puts that. He says, I'll show you my faith by my works. He says, faith without works is dead. But we don't work to be saved. We work for the kingdom because we are saved. There's a huge difference there. We don't work to be saved. Jesus and Jesus' blood and his resurrection, he, he took care of our salvation on the cross. And because we're filled with the Spirit and we're walking with him, we should have a, 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 a passion and a desire to share Jesus with others and to bless other people because we're blessed. We've been forgiven. 
And so that should motivate us to, to work for God, work for Jesus, and work for the kingdom of God and build the kingdom, give other people the same opportunity that we have, and that's to go to heaven and spend eternity with Jesus. Um, so we don't work to be saved. We work because we are saved. But the Jews had this, I'm going to do all this work I can so that I will be in, in good standing with God. And so he says, what good deed can I do to get into your kingdom? Because I'm going to spend eternity with God. So let's take a look at the dialogue between this man and Jesus, found in verses Matthew 19, verses 17 through 26. Jesus says, Why ask me about what is good? There's only one who is good. But to answer your question, if you want to receive eternal life, and you can just see the guy going, Oh, yeah, yeah, what, that's what I want. I want, I want to receive eternal life. That's my question. Jesus says, Keep the commandments. Which ones? The man asks. You can just hear the excitement in his voice. And Jesus replies, you must not murder, you must not commit adultery, you must not steal, you must not testify falsely, honor your father and mother, love your neighbor as yourself. See, he's just going through the Ten Commandments. Surface. It's always surface at the beginning. And you can just hear the excitement on the guy's voice. When he, he, it's like he interrupts Jesus and he says, I've obeyed all these commandments, the young man replied. And see, this guy thinks he's a, he's in for sure. He's got it made. He, he's got this in the basket, if you will. He says, I, Jesus, I've been doing all this stuff my whole entire life. I'm, I'm on my way to heaven. I'm on my way to your kingdom. I'm on my way to spending eternity with God. But what the man didn't realize is Jesus just gave him surface stuff, and Jesus truly knows the man's heart. And remember what I said in the last podcast, if you've listened to it, if you haven't had a chance to listen to it, because it's talking about divorce and remarriage, how that, that's just a surface issue with the Pharisees. They're trying to trap Jesus. But Jesus takes it a step further. He goes deeper and he says, the real issue is the heart of man. And that's what's going on here with this, with this, uh, this young man who asked Jesus this question. It's, it's a heart issue. And Jesus knows this man's heart. And so Jesus is about to just lower, lower the boom to him because he's all excited. He's, I've been doing all this. I've been keeping uh, the Ten Commandments my whole entire life. I've got this in the bag. And he says, what else must I do? Because you know, he's looking for that one good deed to do to get into heaven, to, be, uh, to spend eternity with God. What else do I got to do? And Jesus says, if you want to be perfect, and the, word, the Greek word there is teleos, which means complete. It means lacking nothing. So Jesus is saying, if, if you want to be complete, if you don't want to lack anything, here's what you need to do. Yeah, yeah. What, what is it, Jesus? Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. Jesus has never met this guy before. As far as we know. And this this guy just comes up to Jesus and says, I want to go to heaven. I want to be a part of your kingdom. What good deed do I have to do? And Jesus goes through the Ten Commandments. Oh, I've done that my whole life. He It's like he interrupts Jesus. He probably did interrupt Jesus in his excitement. What, what What's the one good thing that I, that I can do to get automatically into heaven? 
Well, if you want to, if, you know, if you don't want to lack anything, here's what you need to do. And Jesus never meeting this guy before, but Jesus knows this man because that's what God does. He knows all about us. He knows everything about us. He knows everything we've ever done in the past. He knows what we're doing in the present, and he knows what we're going to do in the future. He knows what we're going to say before it ever even comes into our mind. Our our little old infinite mind, uh, infinite. We we can't even fathom God. We think we can. And we think we've got God figured out, and we think we're smarter than God. It doesn't work that way. And here's Jesus. Just I could just see him, just maybe just shaking his head, saying, "Young man, you just don't get it. You just don't get it. You don't understand." And the guy, he just gets smacked in the face with reality. Jesus says, "You you 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 think you've been doing this your whole life, and you think you're doing." great with God and you know you've got this work-based mentality but there's a work that you haven't done and you're not doing and that is thinking of others instead of yourself and so what you need to do is quit being selfish and go sell all that stuff that you own all those treasures that you have that you've acquired over this uh lifetime of yours sell all that you have take that money and give it to the poor and he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. And I, I can't help but think maybe this young man is a Pharisee or maybe of the Sanhedrin because we know he's rich. Jesus has been dealing with the Pharisees in, in this chapter. And so maybe this guy belonged to the Pharisees or maybe he's a member of the Sanhedrin. But we do know that he's heard about Jesus and we do know that he's heard some of Jesus' teachings. Because obviously he is wrestling with the right thing to do and he's interested in learning from Jesus since he came to Jesus, right, with this great question. And it was seen that he is interested in following Jesus because he wants to please God. And that's a great thing. I mean, he had the right motives and he had the right question. And he came to the right person. He just gave the wrong response. He's lived this life according to the law with the exception of that one part. That part about coveting and thinking about others. Oops. Think about that part, Jesus. Jesus tells this young man, he says, you've done good. And I can see your excitement. But if you want to be complete and lack nothing, take all that stuff that you own, sell it, and then take that money that you got and take it to the poor. And you're not going to have anything. And you're going to have to put your full trust in God and not your stuff. And then you're going to have treasure in heaven. You see, we're just like this young man. We, we, we all have stuff that we treasure. Expensive stuff, cheap stuff. We've got a lot of stuff. And we don't want to let go of it. We, we love our stuff. And what happens is our stuff becomes an idol. And what an idol is, is anything. And I mean anything. You can fill in the blank with whatever. Anything that we put before God is an idol. And Jesus hits this man where it hurts. Because he loved his stuff. And Jesus says, you got to go get rid of your stuff. Take that money and give it to the poor. I mean, this kid, he was so happy. He was so ecstatic. He's been doing all this good stuff for his all of his life. And 
And he wants to get into the kingdom of God and he wants to spend eternity with God. But Jesus punched him in the gut, if you let me use that term. Jesus knew this kid and he knew how much he loved his stuff. And what Jesus is doing here was seeing where his heart really is. It's always a heart issue with these people and with us. Jesus was wanting to see if this, this young man was willing to let go of his stuff. And you know what? He could not do it. Matthew 19 verse 22 says, When the young man heard this from Jesus, he went away sad, for he had many possessions. And Jesus looks over to his disciples and he says, i tell you the truth. It is very hard for a rich person to enter into the kingdom of heaven. I'll say it again. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And you can see the disciples' minds just working and they're seeing this camel trying to go through the eye of a little old needle. And Jesus says, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And so the disciples were astounded, Matthew says. And they said, then who in the world can be saved? And Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it's impossible. Because we can't save ourselves. But with God, everything is possible. And the bottom line is anybody, this is why I started off the podcast, anybody can come to God, can come to Jesus for salvation. It doesn't matter how much money they have or don't have. It doesn't matter what color their skin is. It does not matter where they are on, on the social ladder. Anybody can come to Jesus for salvation. But we cannot save ourselves. We have to be washed in the blood of Jesus. But here's the question we got to wrestle with. What does it mean to be rich? What does it mean to be wealthy? Because this guy obviously was wealthy and he didn't want to let go of his wealth. He didn't want to let go of his stuff. It had become idols to him. He had put it before God and didn't even realize it. So let's define what wealth is. And I'm just going to give you a great example. A person who lives in poverty, the poverty level in the United States, lives better than most people in the entire world. I've always said, ever since I was young, I went on a mission trip to Mexico, 8,000 feet up in Sierra Madre Mountains in 1994. I was 19 years old. And I've always said since that trip, because it's absolutely life-changing to go into a third world country outside of the United States. It will absolutely change your perspective, change the way you look at every person, and it'll change the way you look at your life. It'll change the way you look at your blessings, I promise you. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've seen... These little huts that people live in that was built with whatever they could find. Tied together, nailed together. If they could find wood and nails or pieces of metal. Anything they could find to build a shelter is basically what they had. There were villages with no electricity. No ice cubes to drink cold water. They lived a very simple life. You didn't go flush a toilet because there wasn't a toilet. They they had sewage, you know, just running down the streets or anywhere they would go was their bathroom. Simple. They didn't have cold sodas. 
They didn't have iced tea like I have in my glass here to take a drink. Ah, it's so good. They didn't have that. And, and, and so we have to define what is rich? What does it mean to be rich? What does it mean to be wealthy? And, and statistics prove that people in the United States who live at the poverty level are more rich or more wealthy than most people in the whole world. So if you live in the United States, you are rich even if you are dirt poor. What Jesus was trying to get this man to see, as well as us today, is that it does not matter how much or how little that we have here on this earth, in this life. What matters is, where is your heart? This man's heart was in his possessions, in his stuff, in his money. And Jesus knew that. Yes, this young man has done a lot of good things. And Jesus pointed that out. You've done a lot of good things, but son, there's something you lack. He didn't think he lacked anything. And so Jesus says, look, if you want to be complete, if you want to be lacking nothing, go sell all your stuff. And he couldn't do it. He did a lot of good things, but his heart, it was not right in the sight of God. It was not in the right place. There was something in his life that came before God, and that was his stuff. And just like we talked about in the last podcast when we looked at the Pharisees, hey, the Pharisees did a lot of good stuff. They 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 tricked a lot of people. They deceived a lot of people into thinking that, hey, that they're close to God, they're holy. But their hearts, as Jesus pointed out over and over again, and in Matthew 23, he's just literally just going to condemn the Pharisees over and over and over again. Jesus showed how their hearts were far, far from God. Even though they did a lot of good stuff, their hearts were not right in the sight of God. They knew a lot of scripture. They did a lot of good deeds. But their heart didn't belong to God. They, they loved themselves and they were selfish. And this young man that has come to Jesus with this question, he has the same problem as the Pharisees did. He did a lot of good things, but his heart was not in the right place. He was a selfish individual. He liked to please himself. He, he was not focused on others. He was focused on himself and his stuff. Much like we are in today's society. Think about it. The world screams, take care of yourself. You do you. You be you. You do what feels right for you. Do whatever it takes to make yourself happy. And if you look on the news, look on so in social media, and you see these videos of people just destroying other people, beating up other people, killing other people who they don't even know. They're just, they're, it's just innocent people. They don't care about their fellow brother or sister. They just see a color of skin. They, they see them living this kind of lifestyle. 
they 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 see what they want to see. They're selfish, and they know they have a selfish motive, and they're going to do whatever it takes to take care of themselves and to fill their selfish desires, and they'll use whoever and whatever to accomplish that goal. And we see this every single day. It's all over the place. And the bottom line is, it, it's all about our hearts. Because our hearts is what God is after. And this young man, he had a heart problem. And Jesus knew it. And Jesus calls him out on it. And he says, go and sell all your stuff and give it to the poor. And this young man was not willing to do that. And he walks away sad. That's what Matthew says. Now think about that for a minute. This young man, he came to Jesus with the intent of being with Jesus and God the Father and the Holy Spirit for eternity. What do I have to What good deed must I do to get into the kingdom of heaven? And when he got the answer, he said no. And he walked away sad. And my challenge is to you is don't make the same mistake this guy made. Where's your heart? Is it after God? Is it focused on others? Or are you selfish and you just want to please yourself in whatever makes you happy? Jesus' disciples, they hear this conversation taking place between Jesus and this young man. And after the young man walks away, they come up to Jesus and they're freaking out. And they said, who in the world can be saved? And Jesus looks at them with intent and he says, humanly speaking, it's impossible. But with God, everything is possible. And Peter says, hey, Jesus, we've given up everything to follow you. What are we going to get? So Peter as well as the other 11, they've done exactly what God desires. They've given their everything. They've left everything behind to follow Jesus. Their hearts, even though they would mess up time, time and time again, their hearts were after God. God had their hearts. They were focused on others and not themselves. They were focused on Jesus and His will and not themselves. Peter, as well as the other 11, including Judas at this time, they've done exactly what God desires. They've given up everything so that Jesus and the kingdom of God will be first in line. Top priority. And that's the first commandment in the Ten Commandments that the Jews so cherished. Exodus 20, 1-6. God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods, little g, before me. You shall not make yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in waters below. You should not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. The bottom line is God's not going to take a back seat to anything or anybody in our lives. And that's the point Jesus is trying to convey to this young man and his disciples, the Pharisees, and to us today. He has to be top priority in our lives. 
He either has all of our heart or he doesn't have any of our heart. He wants it all or none. That's why he says in Revelation to those churches, he says, can't be lukewarm. If you're lukewarm, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. It makes me sick. God has to absolutely be first in our lives. And anything that we put before God becomes an idol. That could be our children. It could be our money, our wealth, our cars, our instruments. i got a lot of instruments. I play a lot of instruments. Anything that we put before God becomes an idol. And God says, I want to be first in your life. I got to be top priority. And I love it when the crowd walks away in John chapter 6 after Jesus had fed them miraculously, right? And they love that food. And they want to make, they're chasing Jesus around. They want to make him a king. And Jesus looks at them and he says, Look, you got to drink my blood and you got to eat my flesh if you want to be a part of my kingdom. Which was a reference to what's coming down the road, uh, the death and burial and his resurrection. Because we take it every Sunday, called the Lord's Supper. We eat the cracker that represents the body of Christ. And we drink the, the fruit of the vine, the juice that represents the blood of Christ. <clears throat> but they didn't understand that. They thought Jesus was just gross and nasty. And so they freak out and they walk away. John six sixty six is one of the saddest verses in the entire Bible because it says they all quit following Jesus. They turned away from Jesus. They didn't want to make him king anymore. They turned away and quit following Jesus. And so Jesus turns around and he looks at the 12 disciples with this big, huge crowd walking away from him. He says, hey, what about y'all, my faithful 12? Y'all, you're going to walk away too? And Peter answers in verse 68. And he says, Lord, to whom, who, where are we going? You got the words to eternal life. We believe and we know you are the Holy One of God. The difference in the disciples and this rich man is that they knew what it took to follow Jesus and they were willing to do it. There's a huge difference because this young man, he asked Jesus the question. Jesus gives him the answer. So he now knows what he needs to do, but he wasn't willing to do it. So I want to close today's podcast by reading the words of Jesus in Mark chapter 8, 34 through 38. And it's also found in Matthew 16 and the other gospels, but I just like the way Mark puts it. Mark says, and call, then, calling the crowd to join his disciples, Jesus said, If any of you wants to be my follower, you want to be my disciple. You want to go to heaven. You want to spend eternity with me. You must give up your own way. You must take up your cross. and you got to follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you're going to lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my message in this, in this adulterous generation, in these sinful days, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in the glory of his Father and with the holy angels. Friends, I don't know about you, but I don't want Jesus being ashamed of me. I want him to be accepted of me. I want him to say, look at me and say, well done, you good and faithful servant. Come on in. Join me for eternity. What about you? Where is your heart? Do you have anything in your life 
that you put before God. Because if you do, that means God does not have your full heart. And God wants all of our heart. All of it. Don't let anything keep you out of heaven. What do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? It's not because God didn't provide the way. Because Jesus is the way and the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Jesus says, you made this choice. If you go to hell, you miss heaven, and you spend eternity in hell, you made that choice to not put God as top priority in your life, and you will pay the consequences of that choice. Check yourself. Don't wreck yourself is what they say, right? Take inventory. Take that litmus test. Do I have anything in my life that comes between me and God? And if Jesus exposes it, if the Holy Spirit shows you what that thing is, fix it. Fix it now. Fix it immediately. And if I can help you in any way, if I can encourage you, I can pray for you, anything that I can possibly do to help you, contact me at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. And I will respond. I will do whatever I can to help you. If I'm, if you're not in an area that's close to me, I I will contact you wherever you're at, and I will contact somebody in your area and get you some help that people can encourage you, help you, lift you up, and pray for you. God bless you. Thank you for listening today. Thank you for sharing this podcast, the Grinded Podcast, with your friends and your family and your coworkers, anybody. Because when you share this Grinded podcast, you are sharing Jesus. You are sharing hope. God bless you. Keep grinding. Thanks for listening to the Grinded podcast. If we could pray for you or encourage you in any way, please email us at thegrindedpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can text us at 865-418-2824. If you're watching on YouTube, please click like and subscribe, and you'll be notified about new episodes. If you're listening on an app, Leave us a five-star review, but most importantly, share the Grinded Podcast with a friend. God bless you, and remember, keep grinding.